30 minutes of good in a world of dumb. The Broadcast Basement on BroadcastBasement.com. Do not adjust your radio dial. That actually makes no sense these days. Do not get freaked out by your podcast feed. You are listening to The Broadcast Basement. It's all 30 minutes of good. We normally talk the beer, the fatherhood, the funny. And that show is still coming up on the 16th. It's being released right here on this feed. But a new thing that we're doing down here at my 9-foot homemade oak bar on the south side of Chicago is trying out experimental podcasts. Every time we try out a new idea, it gets two episodes. Then based upon what kind of feedback we get, what we see in the numbers, things that might make us think that it's going to work, we're either going to scrap it or it gets its own feed and becomes yet another podcast produced out of the broadcast basement. And next week, we already have a really big guest for the second of the two experimental shows for this experimental podcast from the broadcast basement. We just don't have a name. We are going to get one, though. Maybe you can even help us with it. And remember, if you don't like an experimental podcast, don't worry. The regular Broadcast Basement podcast still comes out each and every week right here on this feed. Next episode, post on the 16th. I got insider information with a special guest talking about stuff you might not have heard about yet from Deadpool 2. Beer reviews, fatherhood funny, it all continues. But for now, first sit back, relax, pull up a stool at the 9-foot homemade oak bar, pour yourself a cold one, Let's go. It's the broadcast basement on the air. Chris Lanudin waving his hands like he doesn't care. His wife's upstairs. His wife's upstairs has no idea what's going on down here. Cause it's the broadcast basement right now. Go to broadcastbasement.com now. And you're listening to the first ever experimental podcast from the broadcast basement. This one came from an idea I had a few weeks ago about my favorite team as a child, the Chicago White Sox, okay? And I've got Dave. An actual child, not the man child that no, you are. No, not the man child that I am. I got Dave who grew up across the street from me in the in Chicago. We grew up on 80th and Spalding. Okay, in the Ashburn neighborhood or St. Dennis Parish. You always go by parishes when you're on the south side of Chicago. Kind of like how they, they, they do it in New Orleans, too. They do it in New Orleans, too, Orleans yeah. too but yeah. like, they go by the Catholic parishes a lot on the south side of Chicago. People will say that. We grew up over there, and then we have Mike. This is not the mic you're used to. This is an acoustic mic. It's electric mic. We're just going to call him Mike when we're on this show. Hey, everybody. And, and, and I've known Mike from back in the day as well. These two guys play a lot of the music that you will hear that pops up on the broadcast basement because they had an actual band that actually performed music and then i got them drunk one night and convinced them that it was okay to put it on the podcast yeah, and so blame, blame, history. blame us right so okay so we don't have a name for the show yet okay but it's going to be 30 minutes of good talking about the chicago white Sox. and the first thing that i i want to talk about and i want to lay down like a ground rule and you guys if you have any thoughts you just dive right in here okay that that we're going to have intelligent conversations about the chicago white Sox. We're not going to have meatball conversations about the Chicago White Sox. Like, if you're a Hawk Harrelson fan, you may hate this show. Like, you may you may be like, if you yeah. like think that Hawk Harrelson is the greatest thing since sliced bread, you may hate the show. I enjoy a good put it on the board from time to time. You know what I'm saying? When they're winning. I like to say put it on the board, okay? I sit at the game and I'm drinking beer and I yell, stretch, just for fun. But... 
I am sick of hearing stories about Carl Yastrzemski. Yep. And that was, and there was, and there was an actual show on the regular broadcast basement podcast a couple weeks ago where I mentioned how much I hated this. It was like an eight minute segment. That's how angry I was. That's what spawned this idea, and that, and that's why we're here. Here's the thing, and I thought about this today because I actually just came from watching a White Sox game on TV that Hawk Harrelson was, you know, oh, we're just that Hawk Harrelson was broadcast. Twenty right. broadcasts. So, so, was, so, so this one, was. I checked something off of my wall. So you could I'm check. I'm like a prisoner. I'm like a prisoner, and I'm putting a little etch in the wall. Like, oh, we got, okay, we got eight, we need more games left. I can't wait till he's gone. Well, so I've got good news for you. You could basically take off one of those notches today, take dude. Take it off, there you baby. Go. Yeah. Where is it? So, not, so today was one. So, so today was one of those so games. So on the back with all the other weird notches that I put in oh, over the years. Boy. You don't want to know about them. So, so the end, the thing that I was just saying is that I was like, oh my god, Hawk Harrelson is broadcasting today. I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch this at least. Tom Petrarch was with him, so there's a nostalgia factor there. there you know, is, because, sure. when, when he's when, on there, it's okay. with Stone. It's brutal because it's not a nostalgia factor. You listen to how he hampers Stone from being able to talk. You see, Stone wants to talk about the game. Stone wants to talk about the fact that the that a certain pitch here would make a difference, or that the batter is doing what he's doing because of what's been going on in it over the last couple of weeks with him, or because this pitcher has this delivery or this arm angle. He wants to he wants to sit there and explain you like. He can sit there and call what's going to happen. He could be like, if he throws it here, it's going to be a hit. It's going to go to this side of the field. And if he does this over here, he can't get around on that. He wants to do that. That's I love that. That's right. good. He, yeah, he's a resource. Color right, because broadcasting. You are, you are lear- as you're listening, you are learning. Going, you know what, Stone Pony? It's just about gumption and TWTW. The will to win. That's, I mean, and, and he just cuts him off, and he and he ruins him. If it was Hawk and Wimpy, I'd be like, all right, it's a clown show, but at least it's a funny clown show. Well, it was. It, it was indeed. All right, so it was indeed a clown show today. Now the the car. So for those of you who don't know. I don't watch the White Sox, and yes, I'm sure there's probably a lot, there's probably a lot do. of you. We're going to assume right. those that don't watch the White Sox have already clicked this off, or they're going to learn all about them while they're listening to the broadcast basement in like Australia, because we have listeners all over the world. Okay, but go ahead. So. One of the things that Hawk Harrelson will always do is he will talk about Carl Yastrzemski. Carl Yastrzemski this, Carl Yastrzemski that. Yeah, He played with Carl, yeah, yes, as you will. <laughs> Not the birth control, the player. Um, the point, so the point is. You know, every time I see a commercial you know for he has the birth control, I think that Hawkeroo yeah. should be the spokesperson. Could yeah. you imagine if he was standing there? Because and nothing like, says birth control like ladies, looking at a picture of ladies, Hawk Harrelson. I'm the Hawkeroo, and he's wearing like he's got the cowboy hat. He's like, I'm the Hawkeroo, and nothing else. And if you don't want to have any little buckaroos, you want to have yes. Yeah, Yaz is the birth con- is the birth control for Steve Stone. Yaz can hit a ball to right field with two outs and three on at the bottom of the ninth when the wind is blowing east to west and you know it's hard to hit in that situation when the sun is coming over the top of the stadium and it's hitting you right in the eyes. I had that conversation with Mickey Mantle back in 1954 and Yaz was like, you're right, Hawkeroo. He can do that and he can stop you from getting pregnant. Have Yaz. And then nice. you just have like the little like thing underneath there, like you know, Yaz can cause you to turn into a zombie and you might die. But it, like the little thing that they play at the end of all the medicine things. But that's what you would do. The following story is completely true. The names have not been changed because 
Hi, I'm Chris Lanuti. Oh, really? Gotta read it? It's three words long. You're like getting ready, like adjusting yourself. Join me and my friends as we belly on up to my homemade nine-foot oak bar in my basement on the south side of Chicago. I'd say expose them to as much violence and nudity as you can at an early age to prep them for life. Was it hard to climb up the ladder in your skirt? No, it's just embarrassing. Oh, okay. Each week, we talk craft beer, sports, fatherhood, and the oddities of life. Your show is so different and fascinating. Wait, this is a podcast? <laughs> I just come over here to drink. Join us for 30 minutes of good each and every week. <laughs> Welcome back to the Missing a Chromosome podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Broadcast Basement on Stitcher, iTunes, and BroadcastBasement.com. Who are the guys on this current White Sox team that are still going to be on this White Sox team in 2020? It's 2018. Well, We're talking who's going to be on in 2020. I'd say somewhere between five and seven players. I've been rounding off at six every time I make an argument. I can rattle off guys that I think are on the fringe, but I'm curious what everybody thinks, and that's what we're going to discuss. And we actually have joining us as well for this part of the segment, Ed from our regular broadcast basement show. So Ed's going to join myself and Dave and Mike on on this on this uh, on this section. So Dave, I want to start with you because I know you're very opinionated about this. I think this rebuild takes a few more years. I think people that think that um, uh, that all of a sudden uh, Eloy Jimenez is going to be here in July are nuts. No, there's no, no reason they're no. starting to clock nope. on him because they're not ready yet. September Lewis Robert is not coming up. Okay, this year he's not coming up next year. Lewis Robert is not coming up for two years. He's here in 2020. That's my point. 2020 is the first time you will actually see this team put together in a way where they're going to compete. And by that point, they'll have backed a truck of money up and they'll be dropped it on the front lawn of Manny Machado or they'll drop it on the front lawn of Bryce Harper or they'll drop it because it was the deal is they don't have a big payroll and Reinsdorf oh, has told Han. You get the money you save, put it in your little bank. You get to use it later. It's right. something so that's ridic- what It's something ridiculous. It's like ridiculous. 13, no, right. Only, it's only right. thirteen million it's, on the books yeah, for that something year. Ridiculous. So that's somebody's getting a truckload of money dropped off on their lawn. I think as early as next year, so, they're going to go for a free agent if they really like. It's a great free agent class, and it could be anybody. Because let me tell you something: if Avisail Garcia doesn't do anything when he comes back from his hamstring injury, if he doesn't do anything, they're going to be done. They're going to say that was a flash of the pan one year thing. Right. They're going to see what they can get out of him or if they can trade him or they can move him or if he has a couple good months next year and they're going to move him. And you know what the plan is going to be? Eloy Jimenez can play anywhere. Okay? Because right field is Bryce Harper's land. And, and it'll shock the shit out of everybody. But when they have $300 million, they're in it. They don't need ESPN to say that they're in it for them to be in it. And they're going to be an up and coming team. Right. And Manny Machado is a third baseman. Or no, no, he's not a third baseman. He's now. a shortstop. He's a shortstop. He wants to be Let a shortstop. Let me tell you something. If Tim Anderson doesn't work out, he's the shortstop. Okay. So, but I, what, who's I who, think? Who do you well, got? Right, so we'll get we'll get the obvious out of the way first. Yoan Mankata, obviously, he's on the team. Okay, he's one of my. Anybody disagree with that? Eddie, what do, what do you think? Is Yoan Mankata on the team in 2020? The only way Yoan Mankata is not on the team in 2020 is if between this year and next year he just basically craps the bed the entire time, right? And shows that he is a true. Complete and true bust. And I don't think he is. No, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, he's, he's, not started, a bust. he's already started to show the signs that he's not a bust. Right. And Mike, you, you're agreeing yeah, that he's I'm, on there. I'm okay. With you on that one. I think, I'll throw one out there. I think Jose Abreu is still on this team. I and agree. Still, I, and still a part of this team because when you look at his numbers, he's good. 
He's still going to be producing at that point, and he is the leader. Every team needs a guy who's older that leads, and the young players, especially the fact that we have young Cuban players, because the White Sox have this Cuban pipeline. Robert wants to play with him, okay? Um, uh, Moncada, if he's good, it's going to be because of the tutelage of Abreu helping him out at the plate. You're not going to move him. He's on that team as well. All right, and I'm, I was actually just going to say that too. I agree with you. Jose Abreu will be there. Jose Abreu has proven that he is a 3,100 guy just about every year. Right. And he's only 30, well, he's going to be 30, what is it, 32, 33? I thought he was younger than that. Look that up. He's younger than no, that. No, in 2020. In 2020. Oh, he's yeah, 2020. Going to be, he's, no, he'll still be productive. He'll still be productive. He's going, to be, his, he's going to be in Turner, his early Justin 30s. Justin Turner's 34 out in L.A., and look what he did in the World Series last year. This idea that once you hit 30, you're done is ridiculous. But there's only certain players that can do it, and I think a guy like Jose Abreu can do it. And let's and I'm, I don't care if somebody says that that's ridiculous that you said it, and this is going to sound like a meatball comment, but I truly believe it in my heart. It really seems like Cuban baseball players last really long in their careers. Okay, I'm looking they, it up now. I mean, my my, bro, my El Duque was like almost forty, and he was check, doing that stuff. My, yeah, my, fact check, fact check, electric. Mike, my, 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 my browser crashed when I typed Hawk Harrelson in the last second. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> by the way, May nineteenth, Hawk Harrelson bobblehead dressed up as Han Solo day. I don't know why. You, you can't ask us about May 19th. We, <laughs> oh, we, we have another yeah, Mike and I are busy. Electric Mike and I are busy on May 19th. Uh, so, okay, while we fact check the Jose Abreu age. Okay, so we got um, Abreu, we got Moncada on this team. You know, un, maybe an unpopular opinion at the table here, but I am a firm believer that Yomer Sanchez is yes, going to be somewhere. My, he's on my team. Yomer Sanchez is playing for the White Sox in 2020. And the reason I think Yomer Sanchez is playing on the White Sox in 2020 is because he is above replacement level at third base. He can play most positions that are in the infield. He seems to be a leader on the team. When he did the thing where he dumped his water on himself during a walk-off home run recently, which was hysterical. You could see that the team gravitates around him, and he can play good defense. If he's not a utility player, he could literally be your third baseman in 2020, and you could be searching for one still. But I I think Yomer Sanchez makes this team. In fact, Yomer Sanchez has a better chance of being on this team in 2020 than Tim Anderson. I agree with that. And I agree with that because Tim Anderson has a hole in his glove and he doesn't play defense well enough for what he hits. And until it either, either he's a 320 hitter that hits 35 home runs at shortstop or he better learn how to play defense and turn a double play. Because otherwise, you can't say that he's going to be on a world championship team. You are only good in baseball if you are strong up the middle. And if you have a shitty defensive shortstop, you're going to lose. And I think that the Tim Anderson thing will probably be figured out if you're Rick Hahn. The Tim Anderson thing, you're looking at it this year because isn't it like this year if you're going to make a move at Machado oh, yeah. for shortstop, it's got to be it's got to be right it's going to be next year. Best, so the so the best case Anderson has for 2020 is that he's playing center field because they're waiting to start the clock on Robert and they think that he could actually be a utility player for them. They could move to the outfield. You mean Anderson or Anderson? Or, yeah, like they or, move Anderson like out to the outfield. I could see them getting Machado. And since they have Anderson under contract, and he still has kind of pop in his bat, and he can still move, they, that happens. A lot of teams take shortstop could, prospects and move them out to the outfield and stick them out there, and he could go out there. He's going to be better than what you have in center field now. Any of your options that you have now, you could put him out probably in center field. I'm sure he can catch a fly ball. He can run a little bit, and he can have a little pop in his bat. He might be better at that than playing shortstop. That's his better path, I think, to the majors. I don't think he's a shortstop. Anderson, to me, is 
you know, I you have made your opinions on Anderson well known. Anderson to me is, you know, I don't know. I think White Sox management seems to oh, be they all, want him seems to be, to be all in on Anderson. Want him to be good. They think, they would but they, they don't they think they're going to hang themselves sticking with him for too long. They seem to w- would prefer that Anderson pans out rather than go and spend the money on Machado because if he does pan out then you can go and spend the the money that you would have spent for Machado elsewhere. Right. right? Yeah, Anderson is 6 years, 25 million through 20 uh, 2022. Right. That's not yeah. that's that's not, easy money. Yeah. That's a long-term deal. He drops his cell phone. Best fact check podcasting he he he, <laughs> he that is that's i mean so he's going to be under team control and i think that unless somebody really wants him he's going to be on the team i just don't think he's a starter and i don't think he's at shortstop he might be a utility infielder i've heard people suggest can mancata play short and you can move anderson the second no. I don't think that's possible. I, I, I think, honestly, what happens with Anderson is... I don't is, think he hits hard enough to be in third base, unless, of course, he becomes that big hitting guy, and you're like, you know what, we'll no. stick him down over there at third base, but he doesn't have the glove for Anderson, sure. I, this is the year for the White Sox to make a decision about Anderson long-term, and I think they're going to continue to pump him up because they have to, because he's a young guy that they committed to, and the only way they're going to get value off of him is on the basis of what he has coming in the future right so they're going to keep talking him up but the reality is is that they are making their decision right now especially knowing that machado is out there this offseason if they get machado anderson gets moved and he gets moved for pennies on the dollar if they have to remember starlin castro right, right. when he was with the cubs right. he, he was the he future starlin castro he Let's was the honest. future and he ended up netting them what adam warren and i think a bag of george steinbrenner's old back <laughs> <laughs> Can't escape yourself until the walls around you fall The world around you Can't escape yourself until the walls around you fall The world around you Can't escape yourself until the walls around you fall The world around you The walls said so far is that we think that we've got uh we've got abreu and mancada so first and second base right. abreu's third, got, third base 31 we've third base is yomer sanchez base either at third or doing utility now after that i move to pitching and i say that giolito and lopez are both on the team and the only other possibility like i said like that's why i say there's five giolito and Lopez, the two pitchers, and those three players. Then your fringe guys that are, might be on in a different role, like I said, Anderson might be on in a different role in 2020, and Carson Fulmer could be in the bullpen because that's the only thing you could possibly be. After that, name me a player you think's on the White Sox in two years that's on this team right now. The only person that— and make an argument for it because I would love to hear it because everybody's trying to tell me that the rebuild's done and we should be competing this year, and I say no, we're losing 95 no, games no, and you shouldn't be upset no. about it. We really need this Sunday game. It's really important. The only— <laughs> Come on, guys. we got to win a series. It's not, it doesn't matter. 
better. When I watch what when I check in on stats on White Sox games, if I can't watch the game or if I put the game on and I just kind of have it on, I'm not watching to see if they win or lose the game. I'm watching to see what certain players are doing. That's I want to see doing. what you, I want to see what Mankata's doing. I want to see what Yolmer's right. doing. I want to see what Abreu's doing. And I want to put an asterisk in what I said before you continue. I'm not considering Carlos Rodon as an active member of the team because he's on he's on he's on the the disabled list. You see what I'm saying? He could be a pitcher on this staff. He's just got to figure out how to stay healthy. You know what I'm saying? So he might be a starting pitcher on your staff. I don't know if I believe it, but he because but you don't know with health. But if all of a sudden he gets healthy, he has that kind of number one, number two starting pitcher stuff. Well, I think, but he's got to get there. He's got to actually be healthy and be on the field. And you've seen plenty of pitchers in 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 Major League history that couldn't stay on the field, and that's the problem. I think the management is counting on that, on counting on Robon, Rodon being healthy. But again, we. We don't know yet because we haven't, you know, we haven't seen enough. I mean, interesting person to talk about here in all this that we have not mentioned is Avisail Garcia. Right. And that, because the thing is, I was all for Avisail at the beginning of the year. I didn't think it was a mirage. I, I, I've watched him play and I always say to myself, people give up on players too quickly. For the same reason that people are yelling about Yohan Mankata is, oh my God, he sucks. Oh my oh, God. He sucks. He sucks. We got screwed. Oh my God, he sucks. He was the number one prospect in baseball for a reason. Sometimes guys come up and it takes a little bit of adjustment. On now, sure, April, sometimes you're going to run into a guy that doesn't turn out to be good. But a couple weeks into the season, you're mad at this kid because he doesn't get off to a hot start in his first full major league season? It doesn't make any sense to me. And, and so to me, I was like, here's Garcia who had this great pedigree. And people were comparing him to a young Miguel Cabrera just two years ago. And he's only 26 years old and he has a great season like he has. And you're like... Why wouldn't he be good? He's just hitting the prime years. Now he had a slow start. Now he's got the hamstring injury, and he's got to come back from that, and he's got to start hitting. And I don't know. He's a toss-up. But his biggest problem is defense. He he. You watch him play right field, he's always out of position. You go to a game, and you actually watch the game where you're sitting in the outfield. You see him, he looks confused. He doesn't seem to be very comfortable out in right field. You know what I'm saying? Like my father always says, you could I could see Garcia standing at first in two years and a Brayu DHing. Okay? Or, or, or them flip-flopping if you could find a better defensive right fielder because he's always out of position playing defense. The reason I bring up Avisel because of a couple of things. First of all, Avisel was supposed to be the second coming of Miguel Cabrera, but it took a very, very long time for him to get there before he finally had that breakout season that he did last year. Right. Okay. And now we're looking at this thing to where it's like, okay, well, he started the season real weak, whatever, fine. Now he's injured. This is kind of a big year, I think, for that as well to see what you actually have in Avisail Garcia. Is he, like you said, is he somebody that you put at first base and you platoon him with uh, Abreu at DH? Or is he, you know, or is he your everyday right fielder? Maybe, maybe not. Especially considering how deep the White Sox are in the outfield, in the, in the system. Right. Or is he trade bait? Right. That's the, that's, now now here's the fun thing. Here's the other fun thing. Now we've had this discussion. We've come up with very almost consensus about five guys that we're sure that are going to be around in 2020 that we believe are going to be there. In couple some of, capacity couple of or fringe, another. A couple of fringe guys that might get it up to seven. Okay. And then after that, we haven't mentioned anybody else. So what does that tell you? That tells you you got four guys sitting here. Okay. 
who watch the White Sox and are not going to sit there and tell you how long they've watched the Sox for to qualify themselves as to why they're a White Sox fan or how many pictures I have of the Sox or how many times I met so-and-so or the fact that Ron Kittle signed my jersey, which he does, and he, he did, and he follows me on Twitter. So I must be a good White Sox fan. Okay? And, does and he listen to this show? He does listen to the broadcast baseman. Nice. He follows the broadcast baseman. Ron Kittle follows the broadcast baseman on Twitter, has commented on shows before and sent me things, and I've met him since he followed it and a second time because I had actually he followed me personally and I followed him because we had a conversation in a bar at the 300 level and then he I was retweeting through my personal account the broadcast basement and Kittle follows it so then I see him like a year or so later and I was like hey Ron blah 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 and I'm like and he's like hey you want me to sign your jersey because I have an 83 Ron Kittle jersey and he's so excited that somebody has an 83 Ron Kittle jersey like I have the home 83 Ron Kittle jersey he wrote 83 ROI like I mean he was like very excited when he signed it for me so he's like let me sign it for you and I'm like I, you already signed it dude you follow me on Twitter. And so we had a laugh about it. We were talking, and I told him about the podcast, and Ron Kittle listens to the broadcast basement. I don't know if I could ever get him on the show, but maybe if this little experimental podcast takes off, maybe we can get Ron Kittle to come join us. And finally, I'm pretty sure he would come sit in my bar and have a beer. He seems like that kind you, of a guy. He's a you nice keep guy. saying that, yeah. but, but it's never happened. No, it's never going to happen. No. He'd be weirded out. He'd come down here, and I got Ron Kittle pictures, Ron Kittle piddles. He's going to assume you're going to tie him up in the bathtub, right? <laughs> I loved Ron Kittle as a kid, man. He was my favorite player. <laughs> He's going to wake up in a tub of ice next to a note. Don't move. Just use this phone to call 911. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I mean, like, he wore big Coke bottle glasses, and so did I. And, I, you know, I was like this little nerdy kid, and he hit rooftop home runs, and he looked like me, like, in my mind. And, then, like, he was he was a nice guy. And, I, like, and, and he was a good ball player, and I just loved me some Ron Kittle. Ron go. Kittle could play on this team in 2020 if he was in his prime. Okay? I, I He's better than most of the options we have out there. I mean, let's talk about the guys that we don't think are going to make it. Nobody mentioned Nicky Delmonico, and I like Nicky Delmonico. He seems like he's a hell of a guy, and I think he could be a fourth outfielder if things break a certain way for him. But Nicky Delmonico is not the answer, really, I don't think, for this team. Adam Engel can't hit, and I don't think anything, see anything that special in the outfield, and he's just a placeholder until Robert gets here because that's the guy, okay? And 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 anybody else that they have right now in their pipeline in the outfield, it's Jimenez and Robert. Jimenez and Robert are coming. Rutherford dropped on the MLB prospect list from like being like the 20-something prospect list year to 99th to start the year. Everybody's getting cold on him. You want to know why? He can't I'm hit interested. a home run. Yeah. can't hit a home run. He's going to play a corner outfield position, and he can't hit a home run. That that's not good. Okay, it's hard. It's hard to justify that. Now, if he's a defensive machine who's going to hit close to three hundred, he's the fourth outfielder. But he's not an everyday starter on your team right now, unless they figure Are out how to the Rutherford powers Rutherford or Delmonico. Rutherford. No, Delmonico. Rutherford. Okay, Rutherford who dropped in the prospect. Delmonico was never a prospect. He's a guy who Although, jumped off and went nuts. And there are guys that do that. Mike Piazza got drafted really late in the draft and turned out to be a Hall of Fame catcher. But it's so rare. Don't pin your hopes on that. Delmonico did make a rather D Wayne Wise esque catch today in the outfield. Though, I like if you him. Were not watching I the like game. him. I enjoy watching him. I just don't know if I'm sure if he's here in two years. You know what I'm saying? With what's coming up, I'm not sure if he's here. And if he's here, he's here until somebody else gets here. So far, my problem with Nicky is so far that he has not shown either an exceptional average or exceptional power. He's just no. sort of shown that he's sort of in between. I have more faith in Matt Davidson. 
Because yeah. Matt Davidson, Davidson is does Joey one thing Gallo. Really well. Matt Davidson is Joey Gallo, but he's older. That's all he is. Like people say, they look at Joey Gallo as a guy who hits a ton of home runs down in Texas, and they're hoping that he figures out how to not strike out so much and to make more contact. And Matt Davidson is Joey Gallo right now, but he's four years older. And so, and he's le- only Joey Gallo and, in Royals and Stadium. Only, and he's only doing it against the Royals, and it's only at the beginning of the year. If he keeps this OBP that he has, his slugging versus on, plus on-base percentage, which I think is a real I, – I always use that stat when I'm judging guys when I'm playing fantasy baseball and when I'm trying to figure out if they're a good hitter. Your OBP, as far as I'm concerned, is your is the one of the best indicators of are you – really contributing at the plate and are you a feared hitter if you have a high OBP and and I I think that that his right now would be good enough even if his average was sitting at 250 that you would be like yeah I got to keep this guy on my team I got to have him and he, and he might be playing because he could he he could really put a charge into a team but it's such a small sample size and I just I just don't know I mean he was a highly regarded prospect he's Garcia He's Garcia, another highly regarded prospect that's finally either the light's going on or it's a flicker before it goes out forever. And you, and, and So like I said, confidence-wise, not on my list of guys I'm confident of there in 2020. The entire bullpen is a dumpster fire. None of them are going to be there. Okay, there, and, is and, not, there is not a major league. Basically, there is not a major league pitcher right now on your pitching staff. The bullpen for sure. Uh, and I would love to get into it, but we're out of time. That's it. 30 minutes. That's how every show in the broadcast basement goes. 30 minutes of good from the broadcast basement. This is the first of two episodes of an experimental podcast. We have yet to name it, but it's all about the White Sox. If you like it, comment wherever you saw it, wherever it was posted. I'm sure I'll find it. If you don't like it or you have a suggestion, I'd love to hear it. Next week, we are lucky enough to have joining us to talk White Sox baseball, a guy who works for Tribune Company, WGN, does the Blackhawk Crazy podcast. You see him all over the place in the media. Recently did an article for Chicago Magazine on Matt Davidson. Maybe he'll tell us whether or not he thinks Matt's on this team in two years. Scott King joins us in the broadcast basement one week from the first release of this experimental podcast coming out on the broadcast basement feed on the 21st of May. Then after that, we'll figure out if this thing works. We still need a name. Wednesday the 16th, right here on the broadcast basement feed, you get your regular show. We're reviewing another beer. We're talking about why doctors sometimes need to be ignored. You have to hear that story. You have to protect your kids from some doctors. Some are great and some are dangerous. We're going to play a new game that is sweeping the nation right here on this program. And like I said, my good friend, film industry insider, direct from L.A., Ben Belton on the program with inside news on Deadpool 2. And he also told me he has a really cool West Coast beer to tell you about. Thank you for listening to the Broadcast Basement. We will see you next time for 30 Minutes of Good from BroadcastBasement.com. 30 Minutes of Good in a world of dumb. The Broadcast Basement on BroadcastBasement.com.